Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. You guys have now uh, made another wonderful week of asking questions. Um, You know, most of the time when I go through these questions, what happens is, you know, there's some of them I go, well, maybe I shouldn't address that. Or maybe I ought to leave that one alone. Or maybe this is going to make somebody mad. Or maybe they're not going to hear what uh, uh, they want to hear. But I don't do that. Um, if you're asking, I want to give you an answer, and I want to help you in, in maybe coming up with a, a direction, a very practical direction. And, and I, I base all of this, and, and, and where you know this, look, I, I, I worked with a group called Young Life for a number of years and, and was also an area director for six years, which meant that I kind of ran a, a, an area in Branson, Missouri. And, um, and then I also lived at a Christian sports camp. I didn't work for him, but I lived there. And so I was able to see uh, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of kids. Um, and I was a youth pastor at a church where we dealt with hundreds of kids. And and um, I think the interesting part is this, is, is that all during the time I've been living with kids, um, my own, and about 3,000 other ones that have... Uh, whose parents have sent the kids to live with us, and we now live with 60 high school kids. And I say this all to kind of get the platform kind of established that that what I talk about and the answers that I give um, have got to be very practical in application. Um, I am a, a a Christian man who believes in the authority of, of uh, God's Word and who... Uh, uh, I'm constantly trying to apply the principles that I know. I was I was Oklahoma Bible quiz champ of 1969. I'm always trying to apply the principles to to parenting to engage with our kids a little bit different, so we can speak truth into their life. And so what that means is I'm I'm very much on the side of uh, let's answer some questions with some practical help that that doesn't take us away from the standards and the values that that we embrace, but allows us to use those. Uh, over a long period of time, not just for at the second. I'm okay with losing some battles if I know I'm going to win the war. And so for a mom and dad that is asking questions that are potentially conflictive with their child and and could ruin a relationship, I'm going to give you a path that you can maintain the relationship, not violate your standards, and hopefully get your child to a better spot to help them through different things while understanding the culture that they live in, which is completely different than the culture that you and I grew up in in years past. So anyway, here's the questions that people are asking this week, and they're wonderful. One lady says, hey, my daughter just turned 16 and recently shared with me that one of her close friends is gay. I'm struggling to how to navigate this. I want to put some boundaries in place, but at the same time, I don't want to push my daughter closer to this girl. What would you recommend? Somebody else said this. My 13-year-old daughter just announced that she's an atheist and doesn't want to go to church with me, and she says, I'm forcing my religion on her. I need some wisdom. Somebody else said, I'm homeschooling my two children. My 13-year-old has become increasingly disrespectful and defiant. 
I'm home with them all day and all week. His anger is getting out of control and it's disrupting our family. And here is the, I don't know whether this is, whether you get a, an award for the question of the week, but this is the one that I'm going, well, should I answer this one? But a mother says this, hey, my 17-year-old has a girlfriend who stayed with us over the weekend because she lives an hour away. My son sleeps next door when she comes over and I just found a used condom in the trash can. Uh, he swears it's only for masturbation. Okay, we'll get to that one. I'll answer it last where I can get to these other ones first. But I mean, these are all wonderful, wonderful questions because it's what you're dealing with in your home with your kids. And it's that point of conflict that hopefully we can give you some direction. And so to the daughter that just turned 16 and recently shared that one of her close friends is gay, let me let me say this. You and I live in a different world um, than our kids. Our kids' uh, world is very inclusive because it's been very exclusive in the past, meaning this, that, that as screen time has increased in the lives of our kids, the relationship component of this adolescent equation of getting them through their, their teen years has been clouded by the lack of relationships, with, which, which, you know, kind of uh, equals a, a lack of value and a lack of maturity that's happening because they're not engaged in relationships where, you know, just like iron sharpens iron, so shall one man sharpen the other. And so there's a part of this that that kids are 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 now in a relational world that's accepting of everybody, every color, every race. You know what? I, there was when I was in elementary school, there were no black kids in my class, and there weren't there weren't any blacks in the school that I went to. Then I went to junior high, and it was all the blacks, you know, and whites in one school, and the white Catholics in another school. And and then by the eighth grade, they ended up dividing up. They ended up dividing up the guys from the girls to go to separate schools because they didn't want the the everybody to intermingle. And I, we didn't even know what they what in the world they were talking about. I never saw an Asian person, you know, until I don't know until maybe I moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, in in uh, in high school. I I was never around Catholics. I had never known a foreigner you know, to the U.S. or somebody from a different race or a different ethical background. And the gay thing, who, I didn't know anybody that was gay. I'd never heard of it. Gay, we, we, it, see how it's different? This culture is accepting of everybody. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I think that's wonderful. Our kids are exposed to more and more and more. And so they don't necessarily look at the difference between your sexuality, my sexuality, your color, my color. And there's something about that that I think is pretty healthy. Now, at the same time, I think what you're worried about, mom, is, is the influence. If my daughter hangs around this girl, is she going to say that she's gay? You know, I don't find that. I don't find that with kids. And I find that if a child says they're gay just to get attention, because uh, some do, not all, but some do, um, then then the problem isn't what they're saying. The problem is that they're not getting the attention that they long for. And so I think what you may uh, have is um, uh, you have missed the opportunity to, be, to maybe control your child's uh, engagement with other people because she's 16. Now she probably has a driver's license. She sees them at school and you can't control it anymore. 
What you can control is your relationship with your child. You know, and that means this, that, that, that you continue to move toward your child and continue to have an influence in her life, continue to speak truth into her life and maintain the relationship. My fear for you is that if you just start restricting things, then you will appear to be judgmental. And that's the one thing, um, one of three things that that will push kids away. It's a it's have, being judgmental. It's demanding perfection, and it's and it's using this role of authority, the rigid authority, the militaristic view of of engaging with kids. You'll push your child away. So, mom, I think I'd leave it alone and let it play out a little bit. Okay, somebody else asked a question. Hey, my 13-year-old daughter's just announced that she's an atheist and doesn't want to go to church anymore. Okay, let me tell you that, that, that there's something else going on here. And I don't know what it is, but there's something else because it's kind of abnormal for a kid just to come up and say that. And so, you know, you even if you have opposing views for a 13-year-old to say that, it's one thing. For a 16-year-old, I go, I, I get it. I can see them because they wrestle a little bit more with their faith and as they try to figure things out and as they become exposed to more and more people. Um, and so um, I would always ask the question, what's at the root of this? I mean, are there other issues? I mean, if a child is struggling and having a tough time or has experienced trauma, or, or is depressed or full of anxiety, then the tendency is, is that they don't feel like God is paying enough attention to them um, because all they've heard is that, you know, when you have a relationship with Christ and, and you have a relationship with God, then, then what that means is that, that uh, you're going to have a joyful and abundant life. And when kids don't have that joyful and abundant life, then they tend to believe that, hey, this stuff isn't working. Because in their concrete thinking, not so much abstract, in their concrete thinking, they can't get this equation to balance out. So I'd ask the question, who's influencing your child? Is there a lack of understanding on your child's part? You know, that, that, that they're just trying to, you know, put together all these stories. And if she still thinks concretely, eventually you get to a point where you go, okay, you got to make the transfer over to abstract thinking. And she may be in the middle of that and questioning everything. And really, because she's questioning it, that, that maybe isn't that bad. Because now she'll come to the truth and figure out what it is. Maybe she's just confused. Maybe she's being rebellious just to get your attention. Because... Maybe you are shoving it down her throat. And if you are, I would say you're at the age now where you can back up a little bit. That, that pushing of information about uh, a life with Christ now needs to move into a training mode instead of always teaching. Maybe your child's a deep thinker. Yeah, these deep thinking kids, they go the extra degree and they're always questioning. I mean, they're trying to figure out the source of the universe and, and you know, just all these other things. You know, so I, w- I would, I think I'd go to the point of, of saying, do you force your religion? And so then I'd spend time with her. Hey, tell me about what you're thinking. Tell me what you're, um, what you believe. Why would you give up on that? Why would you think that that not works? Welcome the challenge. Welcome the opportunity to speak truth into her life. I mean, if she's, if she's saying it, it means it means something to her. Now, if she's doing it just to get your attention, 
then tell her that you can give her attention in other ways. Uh, but usually there's, there's, you know, other issues going on. Have discussions rather than lecture all the time. And, and you know, it, it's amazing to me. I, I would just tell you, be patient. Because most of the time I see kids walk away from their faith, whether they're Jewish, whether they're, you know, uh, wherever they are, uh, because they don't see where everything fits. It's like putting together a jigsaw puzzle. You know, I'm convinced of this, that I accepted Christ at a Beach Boys concert, you know, when... Um, uh, back in 1968, I was 14 years old, but I'm not so sure I really understood what I did until I was 27 years old. After I was a youth pastor for seven years, after I worked in Young Life for a long time, I really didn't get it all. I didn't get it all. And I, it finally kind of, it, it was just one of those moments that that I woke up or there was a, a thought that things came together. I think everybody has one of those moments where you really realize the realness of that. And so that means that somebody else may not feel like it's that real yet. So it just means that we continue to engage with them. But my, my, my feeling would be this. There's something else going on uh, in your child's life that you need to pay some attention to rather than thinking that this is the number one thing. Uh, it doesn't scare me that a child says they're an atheist and doesn't believe anymore. Um, there's plenty of life left to, to, for them to figure all that out. What concerns me is that why they would say that. Okay, somebody else asked a question. It says, I'm homeschooling my two children. My 13-year-old son has become increasingly disrespectful and defiant. I'm home with them all day and all week. His anger is getting out of control. Okay, anger is an emotional response to not getting what you want. Um, and he wants something and he's not getting it. I wonder what that would be. And I'll tell you what it is. Now, before I say it, I want you to know this. We homeschool all the kids here at Heartlight. 60 high school kids. We have five, teacher, we, five teachers that work with them. We use a curriculum uh, called Park Cities, and another one is a Texas Tech um, curriculum. We're an accredited school that homeschools all of our kids. So I'm not against homeschooling. But I am against the lack of socialization of kids and... I think a child needs a mother a lot more than they need a teacher. And I think those are the two compelling uh, arguments of having kids, you know, in a setting where they can engage with other people. And mom, if you are with him, as you say, all day and all week, he may just need to have some other interaction with other people where he feels like he's not being controlled all the time. And I say that not as a, as a dig on you to say you're overly controlling. I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that his world's changed a little bit where he used to be pretty content with sitting at home and, and learning. Now his hormones have kicked in. He's starting to shift the way that he engages with people. He, he, he's probably wanting to engage with the opposite sex. The competition thing is coming in him between, you know, with other guys. There's, there's the tendency of want to engage with other people. I mean, I would get him out and, and give him the opportunity to engage more with other people. You know, and, and because I, I, it's like this, you know, I was created to eat, and you keep me from eating, and I tell you what, you're going to have a problem. You know, I, I, it's like somebody held me underwater once. I am created to breathe air. There's something about that. I swam competitively for 13 years. 
I'm created to breathe air. You hold me underwater and you try to keep me underwater. And I tell you what, I will tear anything apart to get to that surface. There's a time that somebody pushed me into a, uh, into a drainage ditch, into one of those pipes. And then everybody started piling in on the other side. And I'm a little claustrophobic. I still remember it. And I swear, when I, I mean, this must have been when I was in the third or fourth grade. They started pushing in and, and uh, I couldn't, I'd, I'd lost it. I absolutely lost it. And I thought I was going to kill everybody there. I got out of that pipe so quick and I mean, I and ran home. I was, I was livid. And my point is this, your child is created for relationships and there's a relationship need that he has. And if kids aren't getting that, they will violate everything to get to that point where they can have relationships. And so maybe he doesn't need the testing that you mentioned. Maybe he doesn't have a chemical imbalance. Uh, Maybe he just has a relationship need that needs to be met. And somebody goes, well, how it can't be that? Okay, let me, let me tell you this. A third of the kids, I joke about this, but there's some truth in it. Uh, a third of the kids that come to us are adopted. A third of them, I joke about this. I joke a lot about this. A third of them are Southern Baptists, because I usually go to a Southern Baptist church whenever I'm at home and in town. But here's the other thing. A third of our kids have been homeschooled. And so you can't eliminate. Now, that's over a 1,000 kids that have lived with us. Because I think what happens when kids don't fit in, they do stupid stuff to try to connect with other people. And at the same time, when they are so disengaged with one group and they're forced to be in that group, they do stupid things to get attention. And so they follow whoever will give them the opportunity to have a relationship. Kids move toward relationships. And so... You know, it, it, it may be a wonderful idea to homeschool your kids, but I would encourage you to spend some time trying to figure out how you meet the relational needs of your child. Don't isolate them. They don't need that. Kids need to be socially integrated with a group of people. They need to have some freedom, some privacy. And here's the other part. They need a mom a lot more than they need a teacher. And so when you're both, sometimes it just, you're always having to nag them and kick them in. You got to do work. You got to do work. Come back in here and, and I'm going to teach you more, teach you more, teach you more. Maybe that's for somebody else to do at this point in his life. Doesn't mean what you've done is wrong. It just means that the, that the, the tables have turned a little bit and it looks different. Okay. And here's the question that somebody asked. It says, My 17-year-old son has a girlfriend who stays with us over the weekend. My son sleeps next door. I found a used condom. He said he he swears he only uses it for masturbation. Uh, And I just had, you know, I had a condom here just in case I make a wrong decision so I don't get her pregnant. He swears they didn't have sex and he looks me in the eye. Should I believe him? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I know what he's been doing. He's 17 years old. He's a normal male. He had the opportunity and now he's trying to wiggle out of it because he doesn't know how to to say, yes, I had sex with her because he's fearful of disappointing you, mom. But yeah, it did happen. You don't use a condom for that. And uh, and so um, have that discussion with him. I know what's going on. I know what's happening. You don't have to lie to me. Because you're normal, and I get it, 
But my fear is that you do get somebody pregnant, but as long as you live in my home, I can't provide the opportunity for you to have sex with your girlfriend. That's not, I believe that, that, that it, that is supposed to, to wait until marriage. And so I'm not going to provide the opportunity for that to happen. So if you want to spend time with her here at our house and have her come spend weekends with us because she lives far away and spend time with us, then I'm going to ask you to commit to me to not have sex with her. Because as a parent, I can't uh, allow that to continue because it's a violation of my values. I hope that helps. Um, And do that with a smile on your face when you talk to your son. Um, There's no use to chastise him. There's no use to shame him. There is a way to get across your values, your truths, what you believe, I mean, he's already hiding it from you because he he knows. He already probably feels guilty. But that drive to relationships is key in his life, and that's what's happening here. So don't hesitate to go back to him and say, hey, I asked somebody some questions, and they say absolutely not. Don't believe him, Mom. <laughs> don't believe him. He's fearful of admitting the truth for a reason, um, uh, and you don't have to get an answer from him to really know the truth. Hey, if you have questions, please don't hesitate to get them to us. I'd be happy to answer any of them that uh, you can tell that we've that we always go out of the bounds here a little bit to answer and give you some good direction and and hopefully we do that in just a practical aspect of it. And so take advantage of that. I look forward to hearing from you. You can uh, go to our website at parentingtodaysteens.org. You can submit a question that you want me to answer. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can look at old radio broadcasts that we do. We continue to do the broadcast. We're on 1,800 stations across the country and and where it's me and Wayne Shepard sitting down and, and uh, you know, mass communicating with the world about parenting teens in this crazy culture. So you can find out where we're on and what the program is. You can find out different and look at different videos that we post. You can visit our YouTube um, Uh, channel that's called Heartlight Stories, and you can find out about future events that I'll be at, because I sure would love to meet you uh, at any event that I speak at. Hey, have a great week. Uh, God bless. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit HeartlightMinistries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.